Hello everyone, my name is John Williams and I'm the Chief Executive of the Institute of Leadership and Management and I welcome you to our monthly podcast show Leadership at the Edge where we share ideas across the community of leadership practice in every context, everywhere. Each month I'm joined by senior leaders from around the world to discuss their real-life experiences, to challenge some of the outdated leadership practices and to offer a fresh take on the issues that today's leaders face. We invite you to join the conversation via social media using the hashtag leadership at the edge or to send a voice message via the podcast page on anchor with your questions to our guest to register for future podcasts and events visit our website institutelm.com and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast series and leave a review in this episode we'll be discussing the highly topical issue of navigating leadership in the new hybrid world and I am privileged to have as my guest, international trainer and coach, Birgitta Sjolstrand. After more than 10 years in financial services, Birgitta decided to study leadership, behavioural psychology and communication, becoming an experienced professional speaker, leadership trainer and coach. A founder of Inre Sturka, meaning power within, focusing on empowering middle managers, and they're a group who are much ignored in, in many leadership uh, programmes, uh, empowering middle managers with a wide array of international clients and an author of the number one best-selling book, Outstanding in the Middle, a practical and accessible guide to excelling in all aspects of middle management. So who better to share their expert insights and advice on being an effective leader for a hybrid workforce in the post-COVID world? Birgitta, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. It's really lovely to have you with us. And, and, and I guess um, we are sort of now we're moving beyond the we're in a pandemic uh, as a reason for what has been quite hesitant leadership behaviour over the past two, almost three years now. Um, and I suppose it'd be quite nice to start around how do we encourage leadership figures to move from that hesitancy, from that fear back to confidence? We have to see it as the new normal. Mm -hmm. that people, some people will be in the office and some people will be in the office some of the time. Yeah. And some of the people will hardly ever be there because people, you know, will choose to work from home if they can, or yeah. they might have moved somewhere else, but they will still be part of the team. And I think as we go more and more into the global world, as we've been doing for, for such a long time, we will have, especially as a middle manager, we'll have people scattered. So we have to, even us, you know, anybody, not just managers, will find our own sort of place in the world. Because your background includes quite a lot of, of time in financial services, of course. Yeah. And there's a um, historically a quite rigid or fixed uh, hierarchy within financial services. And of course, there's been in the past a a requirement for many members of the community to be in the office, whether they were on a trading floor or they were doing operational work or whatever. Uh, are, are you seeing that shift to acceptance of hybrid working happening in that sector, which you know very well? I think on the trading floor, you need to be there because mm. it's so yeah. fast. But if you're trading things that's not moving that fast and you're sitting in front of a screen, you could probably sit more or less everywhere because it's not the open outcry as yeah. it was, you know, in the 80s yeah. and 90s. 
now everything is sort of computerized and, and, and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's shifting, but I still think that we will see the trading floors. People doing routine work, they can sit more or less anywhere. But people, you know, inventing things or coming up with new products and things, they need to find each other because you cannot uh, be uh, highly creative and, and, and all that sitting by yourself and just talking to a screen. So uh, I think it's different in different areas. And that um, requirement for effectively hybrid working uh, mm. has enormous implications, of course, for how leadership behaves and the way that leadership yeah. operates in that context. And, and that's, I think, the reason for this hesitancy that we've seen over the course of the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, uh, how do we bring leaders to the point where they are confident um, leading or managing a workforce which is completely different in the way it operates? Yeah, I think another word that we've been talking about for quite some time is sustainability. Mm -hmm. We're talking about sustainability for the, for the company, for um, organizations, for countries, for the world as mm -hmm. a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have to take, bring it home to us to be sustainable as leaders. Because uh -huh. that's where you find your confidence, I think. So if you start thinking about, uh, we have to step up as being sustainable in ourselves, you know, so we are confident in, enough to come out and be role models for other managers. Um, if you are the middle manager, you obviously have lots of people um, reporting to you and, and their employees. So to be strong and start, how shall I say this, thinking about how you look after yourself. Right. Because it's so easy. You have all these adrenaline and the cortisol with the stress. Mm -hmm. And so how do you unwind? Um, a lot of people, I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying a lot of people, they like to take a drink or a glass of beer or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> go out for drinks with friends or go home and binge watch Netflix. Mm which might not be the best way, really. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I do think the uh, both our thoughts, obviously, thoughts, feelings, and body all are connected, obviously. But we, we know that we can start anywhere. So start yeah. thinking about being kind to ourselves in our thoughts and not kicking ourselves. Because it's so many people kicking themselves. <laughs> oh, I should have done this. Oh, why didn't I do that? And... <laughs> you know, you recognize this? Yeah, you come oh, up, yes. oh, I, sh I should have. <laughs> oh, I could have done that differently. And yep. it's good to analyze, but also be kind. I did the best I could at mm. that moment in time because I was stressed and it's better to say I'm sorry. And also do say you're sorry if you are uh, in the wrong. I think right. it's really good. But start to be a bit more kinder to yourself mm. and not beat yourself up. And um, start thinking about being grateful for what you have. Because we are very much into the thinking of lack. We are lacking this. We're lacking mm -hmm. that. We're not having this. We're not having that. Instead of saying, God, we have so much. Yes. You know, and yes. be grateful for that. 
and work with our hormones, uh, you know, not just the, the stress and the cortisol, but being, um, you know, putting good dopamine, not just the Netflix and the social media dopamine. Yeah because yep. we get the dopamine from, from that. But that is sort of a quick fixes, and it doesn't give us the sustainability of going out and actually talking to people and uh, or playing sports. Mm-hmm. So instead of mm-hmm. just sort of falling back and watching, you know, binge watching, as we, <laughs> we all do, <laughs> but not, maybe not all the time, you know, phone a friend, mm-hmm. go out and, and play some some tennis or paddle or, or now when it's so hot, because we're talking about this in, in the middle of the heat wave, yes. maybe not. But we both know, I, I live in Sweden, mm-hmm. you're talking from England, it's yeah. not all the time. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, You know, give us a week or two and it's back to, to, uh, to normal weather. So <laughs> go for a walk, you know. Have yeah. a conversation if you have a partner, or you know, mm-hmm. pull up the phone and or. or yeah, yeah. The, uh, what's the practice in sweet fika, isn't it? You go for fika. Yeah, you go for fika. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. the alcohol is very expensive, so we tend to drink more coffee <laughs> than anything else. But you know, yeah. you get the the serotonin and the oxygen mm-hmm. when you meet people when you exercise, and that is good for you. Also, you know, drinking excessive amount of alcohol isn't good for the body. So we have to start thinking maybe have one drink if you are used to having three. Yes, uh, and if you're used to having one, maybe, you know, have a, a glass of water or, or uh, it could be a fizzy drink or whatever. Well, it's interesting because this uh, one of the definitions I used to think a good definition of sustainability is living off the interest, not the capital. And in a sense, the, the interest that we develop in ourselves is that ability to provide natural uh, satisfaction, if you like, from relaxation and things wow. like this. So we, we learn to exercise and, and read good read books and stuff like this, yeah. rather than um, looking for. Uh, what shall I say? Ex- external sources of stimulation, which we think is relaxing, but which actually is not relaxing at all. So that, that's very interesting because there's yeah. a there's a requirement in what you say there for um, behavioural thinking. You know, how are we going to behave in order to cope with this shift, rather than yeah. who who's going to help me? Is how am I? Yeah. Going to no, no, no. You start with you, yeah. and also think maybe with the dopamine, say. Fifteen percent is all right to be on the uh, social media and yeah. the you know all that sort of thing, but maybe eighty-five percent really mm-hmm. try to do that shift yeah. uh, into, as you said, reading books, mm-hmm. talking to people, being um, growing yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, growing ourselves, and and then I suppose the next the next phase for leaders and managers then is to express that as a behavior so that they are role modeling it for yeah. their teams. Now that actually, it's actually quite difficult. First of all, we need to explain, and, and what's the word I'm looking for, um, impress ourselves with the need to be able to do this, and then actually to be able to express it as a, as a behavior. Um, is that, I won't say is it easy to do, because it isn't easy to change our behavior. No, because is then it, everybody would have done it already. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So in terms of how we do it, um, do we need help? Obviously, you, know, you yourself 
have a practice where you help organizations and individuals to change their behaviors in, in those ways. And um, can we then cascade that from leadership and management figures to help other people and teams? Of course. The thing is, look for what's good. Right. We are so, uh, since we were children, mm -hmm. trained in looking at things gone, you know, that is not working. Right. And we are sort of drawn to uh, find five falls in this picture, <laughs> you know. Yep. That's what we are yep. from early age, looking, yep. finding falls and, and looking at finding things that doesn't work that we need to fix. Mm -hmm. But why not do a little shift and look at what do we do well? And let the employees tell you. And why not do uh, put things up somewhere? I mean... I would say a wall, but it doesn't have to be a physical wall because now we're not in the office all the time. Or maybe you put things on a physical wall and the people being on Teams or Zoom can help out. Mm -hmm. So we, we put things up and, and take pictures and, and, and put it on the uh, internet yes. so everyone can see it. This is what we did really well this week. This customer called in and, and were, you know, thought mm -hmm. we did a wonderful job. Yep. Or, you know, this was a well done thing. And so it's not just the results of selling or mm -hmm. I did this and I'm really proud of that. So there are two things there which are really, really good. One of them is sharing our, our own success, if you like, so, yes. that, so that other people can see it. Uh, and then sharing the success of the team. Because quite often, of course, team members, even if they know something has gone well, they don't tend to celebrate it because, as you say, we're still looking for, well, what comes next? Yeah. What's going to go wrong next? Yeah, you have to sort of stop, celebrate and put it somewhere where people can see it. So you see, right. wow, we actually did that. That was good. Well done for us. Right. Because we know, you know, we still have to push on and do the mm -hmm. next thing and do the next thing. Mm -hmm. And and also, you know, that major changes that come from the top down very often fail because yes. we don't have the communication. We don't talk to the employees, you know, with the that has sort of all the knowledge with the, you know, talking to the customers, doing yeah. all the things. So maybe if we can get the thing in, in our, our, you know, the thought pattern in our employees that maybe we can improve just the 1% on everything we do. Yes, indeed, yeah. And, and that's a practice that's worked very well in sport. Yeah, exactly. Like with the bicycle team. Exactly yeah. right. Yes, so indeed. It comes yeah. from that. It's like improve one, just 1% on things mm -hmm. that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and actually, interestingly, the, the, this idea of making visible the celebration of success because it's it's a, it's one thing for me to say to myself oh i did pretty well there and be, be quietly um, uh, pleased with myself and stuff like that however making that success visible because one thing is for sure first of all other people may well celebrate it with me and secondly it's highly unlikely that i alone was responsible for that success oh, wow, yeah. other people will have helped me with it yeah. the team will have achieved it so i guess that visibility is is really really important um 
in particular, because one of the things that you, you've been known to recognize specifically, the challenge in teams, that we can't always choose our own team. We inherit very often. Oh, most of the time, right? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's a challenge for middle managers in particular, because they don't have ultimate authority of the, for the organization. As, as you said before, they get things dropped on them from on high. Um, what do you think are the, the sort of the key elements of confidence in the middle managers, despite the fact that we can't always develop our own team? I think a lot of middle management think that their sort of management team that they get together mm-hmm. is sort of a forum to exchange information. Right. They don't work as a team. So if you just start thinking that this is a team Mm. and we will make this work as a team and uh, learn from each other, but also work for the company. Mm. Because otherwise, I've been in so many management teams that we're sharing information. And very often, information that's already known. It's like... Yeah. What are you doing? This is a waste of time. Don't yeah. do this. <laughs> right? You'd be like, yeah. What are they doing? Get together, get this. Otherwise, it's just a group of people. Right? Right, right. The, the difference between a team and a group, mm-hmm. can I say this? Is this a good, it's okay. a metaphor. It, I love metaphors. Yes. Um, yeah. So there is a group of people working for the same company mm-hmm. and they go into a lift an elevator yeah and there's still just a group of people working for the same company they're standing in the elevator and they become a team the minute the elevator stops between two floors oh right yeah (laughs) and they have a mission we have to get out Mm -hmm. so they take different roles somebody might call you know for help another one start looking for can we lift the ceiling you know they they take different roles and they start working together and that's what we want and that's the team otherwise there's just a group of people working sort of loosely in the same company i love that metaphor it's such a good one because it, yeah. it's all right to say, oh, well, you know, a, a, the difference between a team and a group is that a team has a common goal. But then yeah. to illustrate that with a metaphor as powerful as that is really good, good partly because it's 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 so visually powerful. Yeah. Yeah. In envisage being stuck between two floors. I think yeah. that's great. What what is also a bit of depth in that metaphor immediately is the fact that. Not everybody would start doing the same thing. As you said, some will, will phone for help, some will try to see the ceiling move, some will start pushing the buttons and or taking the panel off. There's a sort of uh, self-organizing team feel about that, which is um, not what we often see, I guess, in middle managers. No. Partly because of competition. It's, so it's brilliant because it, they have to work together to get mm-hmm. out. And not someone can say, you can do this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there, okay, but I, I, I call and I do this. And, mm-hmm. and st- mm-hmm. things start happening, you know, organically. And this is great. So I think as a middle manager, when you have your management team, mm-hmm. you, you know, you might have, I don't know, eight managers or 10 yep. managers or even five or 20, <laughs> you never know. Yes. Different, different teams. And you might meet virtually or uh, in real life mm. i think it's good to to meet at least a couple of times a year 
uh, a year in real life. Right. Because it's so important that everybody gets to know each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and encourage uh, as a middle manager yeah. or even as a manager, having people everywhere, encourage them to get to know each other mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses. They, they won't tell you the weaknesses to start with. <laughs> You'll have to figure <laughs> no. out eventually. But the more people get to know each other in the team, mm-hmm. the better uh, you can. Um, sort of draw on somebody's strength and, and help somebody's weaknesses along and and, and 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 that sort of thing. And also talk about things like what do we expect from each other? Yeah. What rules are we going to have, not just in the meetings, but in the group? What is our ambition with this? What do we want to be known for? Yeah. You know, what is our stakeholders and what do they expect from us? You know, that type of things that are right in, in, in the book. Outstanding in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And, so and, I have I have like nine different team exercises at the end of the book. And it doesn't matter if it's the first line manager or, or mm-hmm. middle manager, because it's both within the group and also from outside view of the group in a timeline. What do we do yeah. now and what do we do later? That's interesting. And, and the point you make about re- meeting in real life sometimes, I, I agree entirely and partly because picking up again on that wonderful metaphor of, of the elevator, it's really difficult to imagine how the the power in that situation could be replicated virtually. Because yeah. the, the in the elevator, we are trapped, we are physically trapped, we have to work together as a team yeah. to get out of this. In a virtual sense, very difficult in the virtual world because yeah. anybody can disappear from the virtual world. And stuff. Oh, it says, oh, and then they, oh, my camera's wrong. Yeah. I yeah. lost the <laughs> connection. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, real world experiences yeah. are perhaps um, more yeah. effectively formative than virtual. And it takes a lot shorter time. Right. Right. Everything that you, you sort of get people buying into mm-hmm. whatever you are sort of wanting them to do, yeah. it's much quicker if you do it in, in, in the real life. In real life. Brilliant. One of the other things, and this is, this is again, picking up on something that you've been very hot on in the past, which is the fact that groups develop over time. And, and it's such a, it's almost, it sounds almost like a truism. And yet it's something that virtually everybody, myself included, forgets when they're inside the, the group or the team um, uh, experience. Because mm. we sort of expect teams when we put them together to pr- spring to life fully formed and capable <laughs> of achieving what a team does. It's not, is it? Um, how do we prepare mm. leadership for the fact that this group this team is going to develop over time. It's it's like a plant. It's never going to be the same tomorrow as it is today. How do we yeah. do prepare people for that? I think uh, we have to train managers in group development because mm. um, I've studied for not straightforward Susan Whelan, but people that have trained for her. Yes. So um, and she's was a, such a wonderful person and she has been even if you just read one of her books you mm-hmm. understand the four different stages and what happens because you need to be a different leader in the different stages yes yeah. because in the forming you know it's new people and they are more interested in fitting in 
you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is going on? Who's taking the lead? What you know, you, the the manager is is the person to. Sometimes everybody's just talking via the manager. Yeah, right. Yes, you know, yeah. so you don't know. And um, do I want to be here? Do I fit in? And mm-hmm. are I doing the right thing? Who is the strong person? You know. Yeah. And you come into the conflict and opposition stage. And that is often where I come in when people, you know, manage to call me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know I've what been, happened. I've yeah. been there. Yeah. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly everybody's in, in the war zone and, and yeah. you know, it doesn't work and we, we don't produce anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody's just, you know, it's groups and they talk and they are, oh, God. Yeah. So, and then you need a different type of manager uh, or skills to keep it together and be very structured. Yeah. Uh, you know, go back to what rules do we have? What do we expect from each other? Yeah. Who's doing what? What different roles do we have? Uh, and all that sort of thing, you know, come back because it changes over time and then it changes again. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you know, after a few months, hopefully, I worked with one um, particular group that had been sort of going between one, you know, stage one and two for more than 10 years. Wow. They changed the manager a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just could not hold it together. Mm-hmm. And now they're sort of in, in stage three. It's been taking so long. Right. It's hard. So hopefully after a few months, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you go into stage three and then suddenly things are picking up and people are working and it's, you know how to give feedback to each other uh, and how to receive feedback. And, and um, yeah. it's fun to go to work again. Yeah, because you lose the fun. You yes. like, oh, I hate this. And, you you know, you involve the family at yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. like, or Anna said that and Peter yeah. said that and Stephen said that and I don't know it's like... yeah. Yeah. and it's it's interesting that because it's it's a bit it's a, almost like the you know the change curve we need to yeah. as managers I guess we need to have and to display the confidence to be patient yes be, because actually we, we can't afford to say oh it's all going wrong now we'll have to change everything no because actually it, it's going wrong, whatever that means, is a normal part of that four yeah. stages of the change process and, and yeah. the norming and forming and things like this. Yeah. Uh, we do, though, need to retain that confidence and display it. Um, oh, yes, because you will have, you know, the people will challenge you. Yes. That's why, you know, that's why managers, they change their jobs because it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to stay and think that I am the eye of the storm. You know, mm-hmm. it goes around, but I am I am in the middle. So yeah. it doesn't, you know, it's the wind is all around, but not on me because I have the sustainable, you know. <laughs> I'm the sustainable person and yeah. I will ride it out. And it will, you know, we take one bit, you know, it's the way you eat an elephant, one yeah. bit at a time. You can't yep. do it all at once. And it does, it, it just, it's a living organism, you know. It takes time for everyone to buy into everything and all the roles and t- to make it softer. Yeah. It's, if, if I can use an analogy, it's, it's yeah. essentially like the rock in the middle of this 
maelstrom which is going yeah. on, which is life and, and life for the team or the group or the organization. And whilst we don't necessarily want managers to think I'm a rock, therefore I am invulnerable, because that you know that's the opposite of how we want people, yeah, yeah, yeah. people to, to understand and be able to express their vulnerabilities. Nevertheless, uh, I guess managers and leaders need to be able to display the confidence in the future of the organization, the strategy, the group and team itself that allows other people to maybe to, to rest, to lean on that a little bit. Is that, is that a, do you think that's too demanding a role for, for managers or not I, demanding enough? I, mean, <laughs> I think with support, it works. Right. But right. you need support. You need support from your manager. Yeah. And you need support from a, a senior colleague that's gone through it. Yeah. To ho- not hold your hand, but to be encouraged and also being, you know, kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only for a certain amount of time. Yeah. I might, I might need a coach. I might need a leadership trainer. I might mm-hmm. need. Uh, a, a consultant that come in and actually work with the with the team itself. Yeah. yeah. Because if you don't have the tools yourself, you know, call in some help. Yeah, absolutely. There are many people working with this. Yeah. And I, can help and it goes so much quicker. So it's mm-hmm. worth it because in the meantime, you are missing out on the efficiency. Absolutely. Even a rock doesn't hang in thin air. It has solid ground on which it rests, which is that support net, whether it's senior people or a peer group or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's as a role, uh, a role model as uh, as a middle manager, Mm -hmm. be someone that they will come to. Yeah. Yeah. Because you will have managers will have, you know, in in stage two teams Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. if they feel that they can come to you, you can be. Uh, a support person. Excellent, excellent. So, Begita, this this has been a fascinating conversation. I'm sure we will revisit this and on a number of different <laughs> levels. Actually, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, to sort of to round us off, I suppose, really, if if you had to give one top tip for a manager or leader who wants to try and draw optimal buy-in uh, and eventually performance, but importantly the buy-in from their team. What would be your top tip? Think about your metaphors mm. for the team. Or, yep. Yeah, because a lot of people don't think about what metaphor they have for their team. Yeah. And we have been, you know, in literature, we've been reading a lot about, uh, I think we get the military metaphor with mm-hmm. us a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go to war, the salespeople are the soldiers, you yeah. know, the support, yeah. the, you know, and all that sort of thing. It's, it's all sort of metaphoric and mm-hmm. you are the general and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Who wants to go to war? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody. I don't want, I don't want to go no. to war every day. No. So no. maybe you should change the metaphor. What do you want your team to be? If you are a very, uh, since I, I, I do a lot of NLP, you know, visual, yeah. mm-hmm. auditive, and all that sort of thing. If you are a very auditive sort of person, you might think your team is an orchestra and you are the conductor. Right. Yeah. And it has the sound 
the sound mm-hmm. has to be nice, you know, oh, here comes the violins and here yeah. comes this, or a band, you might, you know, want to yeah. brass band or whatever, yeah. you know. Or if you are very visual, you might see your team as a, uh, a you are the gardener and they are a garden. Mm-hmm. And some people might need more sunshine, yeah. more positive feedback. Yeah. You know, some yeah. people need eight out of 10 feedbacks to be positive. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe everyone needs that. Somebody might need to be replanted somewhere else. Yes, absolutely. And someone might need, you know, it might be a weed. (laughs) Sadly, we have to accept that that does actually happen in some gardens, metaphorically, yes. In some gardens, we have to pull out the weeds and replant and, you know, do differently. So it depends what you want. But think about if you think that my team is and you mm-hmm. you, you come mm-hmm. up with some sort of metaphor yeah do i want that or do i want to change it i really like that that idea of first of all the very powerful metaphor of the elevator in yeah. terms of what constitutes a team as opposed to a group and then that idea that tip of reframing the metaphor that we use to think about our team uh, dependent actually upon what makes more sense to us in yeah. how we help it become a team. Well, um, I think that's it. Um, thank you so much, Birgitta, for, for joining us today. And uh, my special, <laughs> uh, well, it, it's it's absolutely great because this is a this is a both a subject and a field which I think we need to to dig deeper into. Partly because it's about management and particularly middle management, which is much ignored, as I mentioned earlier on. But also because actually we have moved on from the pandemic and there is actually a new world in which we are operating. So my special thanks to you, our guest, Agita, and to, of course, you, the audience, for listening. Please do join the conversation via social media using the hashtag Leadership at the Edge or send a voice message via the podcast page on Anchor. And for more of our podcasts and events and lots of other content, visit the website www.institutelm.com, subscribe to the podcast series, leave a review, and mention us to your colleagues. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you again, Birgitta, for being with us. Thank you.